All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Uh, joining me tonight, none other than Coach Nick. I'm not ready yet. What I do don't care if you're not ready yet. I'm, I'm ready. I'm already coffee. rolling. This is what this is what happens. Right? You're gonna get coffee. If you oh, you didn't bring those cookies down. Oh, you're a <laughs> oh bastard. You know, summer's right around the corner, and I'm trying to lose weight, and Coach Nick keeps on bringing uh, wafer cookies out that I bought when I was starving, and I was coming over here, and I knew he didn't have any cookies left in the house, and now you're punishing me by bringing this out. Punishing you bought I, You know what? I'm trying my best to slim up for summer, and you're not going to make it any easier. Uh, it's nice to be served coffee in a Canadian gum vault mug. All right? You're the best. Thank you, brother. Well, you guys, uh, if you ever thought... That I was gonna wing it forever, you were mistaken. Mm. Oh my god, you make a strong coffee. <clears throat> Coach Nick has a little Italian in him, and he brews coffee like a giant espresso. Wow. Mm. Good coffee, buddy. All right. So, uh, you know. I- Every other podcast I've done, I've just, you know, sort of either collected my thoughts. Uh, I decided to scribble a few things down on paper this time and <laughs> give their uh, program a little bit more structure. There's just uh, so much going on, too, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know what? I, I just I want you guys to know that um, I was hoping that I was never going to have to, after policing, ever be organized again. But it's it's oh. happening. I, I have to do I have to do things like this in order to kind of remember what we've got oh, going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things always pop up. You're driving around. You're doing something. You know, it's, it's you got to keep track because, like I say, there's tons going on. There's always something to talk about. You know, and that that and I, I think I was telling you earlier. I forget more good ideas before nine a.m. There are so many different ways that we can improve our uh, you know standing in the public. I, I I think that there's a lot everybody's done thus far. I want to congratulate everybody that's gotten their friends, their family, uh, their colleagues, their co-workers, uh, everybody that they know that's responsible enough to kind of understand uh, what it means to be a firearm owner in Canada out to the firing lines. I have noticed a lot of people getting their friends out. You know, it's not the... You were going to say something. No, I was going to say, well, we're finally getting some nice weather. We, we can... Con- consistently get to the get to the range and not have to depend on you know keeping an eye on mother nature so now there's no excuse i mean you know if there's anybody's ever uh inquired about or shown an interest in get them out because now's the time yeah yeah you know i uh <clears throat> you know I, I don't want these podcasts to be all doom and gloom Unfortunately, things are so tense right now between the firearm community and, uh, you know, politicians and in the direction some of them are uh, hoping to take this country. I I think that it's really important uh, to note that there's a lot of fantastic stuff that's worth fighting for, that you have the opportunity now, as Coach Nick says, to uh, get out there and enjoy the weather and bring out your friends and and really begin to demonstrate to Canada that uh, this is a fantastic uh, pastime, lifestyle, uh, passion, you know, and it's a safe one. That, well, absolutely is. I mean, it's, it's, it's no different in a lot of ways, in many ways than, than a lot of other, uh, pastimes that people like to enjoy. For example, I just wrote and passed the boating license test yeah, today. I saw that. So, <laughs> and the amount that they cover with respect to safety, uh, is, 
comparable to, I think, what you would go through in, in a firearms training course or just a typical day at the range, you know? I mean, I mean it's 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 what you make it. If you're going to go out and boat unsafely and drink and, and break all the rules, someone's going to get hurt and, and, God forbid, someone's going to lose their life. How is that any different than, than spending a day at the range? Statistically, the range is safer than that activity. I mean, more people die in boating accidents all the time. Statistically, there, oh, there's a good. There's another point. Statistically, can't talk right now. The range is safer than than a heck of a lot of other things. Everything, people, yeah, everything yeah. because it's so regulated. I, yeah. I think that the general public needs to understand that. I mean, when you go to the range, you don't show up with your nine millimeter tucked in the back of your pants, loaded, and start blasting away at the firing line. Like it's not like that. No, it's not. It's not like that at all. It's quite from the day from excuse me from the the moment you walk in and in certain uh, ranges you you've got to swipe to get past the gate. Oh yeah, right. So yeah. so they know you're there. Yep. They know when you leave and you swipe on the way out as you're shooting. There's cameras around, so it, it's not. Yeah, it's not like you're going down there willy nilly and 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 firing uh, rounds downrange like you see in videos where they're shooting sideways and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's the, just not. Yeah, well, the, you know, it brings me to a couple other good points, but I would think. Um, the way the media portrays, you know, firearm ownership, uh, certainly the way it's portrayed in, in the media, uh, you know, and on the silver screen, uh, I, I've always thought it's really important that people understand that, you know, there's no one diving and rolling down range. Uh, you know, it, it's more or less like throwing darts with gunpowder and, 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 you know, people enjoy it. And, and they love it in this country. And right now, the government is uh, actually contemplating the concept of banning guns. And, and we've all known for quite some time that there's absolutely no correlation between uh, an improvement to public safety and banning legal guns. And and I want to talk. I want to talk about the amnesty for a second. They're hailing the amnesty in Toronto as a massive success. Uh, I have a real issue with this. And, you know, what I saw was uh, 2,700 or something like that. Yeah. 20, yeah, 2,700. 2, firearms turned in. You know, there's Mark Saunders. He's, uh, you know, leaning back and arms wide open saying, yeah, what a success this is. I, I already know of at least one collector who, who handed in, you know, some portion of that. And, you know, he totally handed it in because he wanted to recover something of the value of his belongings before the government did something absolutely ridiculously stupid. Uh, and or had, you know, he was forced into a position where the government before this one, uh, the liberal government before this one, had executed a plan that created a classification system that diminished markets Right to the point. See, that's I love that I put my my phone on vibrate. You, you know what? That's Sam. Who knew it was going to be either Sam or uh, Phil? Yeah, I knew <laughs> Sam. Somebody's always called, but Sam. Sam, I promise I'll call you later. Uh, there you go. <laughs> something else the amnesty I, this is important no no this is really important actually absolutely the, you know what the amnesty the amnesty is being hailed as a uh, you know a tremendous success uh, we know that a lot of those are going to be broken guns pellet guns and or guns that were handed in by collectors and what I want to know is what portion of those guns would have been used in a crime I, and I want to know if they're gonna when they when they publish it are they going to break it down beyond 2,700 so we can kind of get to the nitty gritty and, and find out what the real number is? That's that's something our lobby groups uh, probably should have insisted on. Uh, they're being, because you know what they're going to say. I'll tell you right now, they're going to say we made no allowances for that in the paperwork. So we don't know. 
Did they not document everything? They had to. Uh, well, they would they would document you know the names, addresses, and telephone numbers, and, and the, the serial numbers, and everything. Serial they numbers, came in. make, model, caliber, whatever. So they, it's they, already they, been accounted for. Well, no, no, it's been accounted for, but there's no box that says, uh, you know, are were you a gun collector? Uh, were were you uh, are these broken unwanted guns uh, are you uh, trying to cash in on $350 <laughs> for some broken down piece of crap that wouldn't fetch you $20 on the open market but you're looking to offload it like I mean I wonder how many guys just decided that they were going to hand in their broken guns and just collect $350 for every gun they handed in broken guns guns that can't even work guns they want to work they can't get to work how is that improving public safety and the most important thing is to add to that is that they don't come out and detail the fact that these are not going to be guns that are used in crimes because who's going to turn in a gun that was used in a crime? It's stupid. It's so stupid. These are all these are all guns from uh, collectors, legal farm owners, maybe estates of people that have passed away that have never been used in crimes that are they're being taken off the streets to make everybody safe. My ass. They haven't been. They haven't been. Made to make people unsafe to begin with. Yeah. Well, well don't, hey, d- don't forget, there is that plunger gun that got handed in one year, right? The plunger the, gun. The one, that, the one that shot that little plastic dart that, you know, you'd hit your sister, like, on the forehead with it. There's an actual, like, somebody sent it to me. Dollaramas somewhere have plungers with a gun on the end of it, like a, oh, a, yeah, a 45, yeah. oh, and yeah. I can't find them. I know, oh, I know several people that have them. Yeah, you can find out where they got them. I got to get one. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know what? I'm pretty sure Walmart. Do they? Yeah, I think so. Not in Canada, though, because they're illegal to sell that in Canada. Yeah, in Canada, yeah, that would be considered a replica. Somebody somebody would chop the handle off this thing. I'm, I, you know what? I'm sure our government's going to outlaw it. They outlaw everything else because it, it looks like a gun, so therefore right. at some point it's a variant. Oh, yeah. They, they paint everything up to be like this disasterly. It's, it's funny. The, the anti-gunners are so predictable. Let's ban everything that looks scary. Like, I mean, yeah. you, the last set of bands... The sky's they, and the sky is falling. Oh, they love they love to play with people's fears, and of course they go with the scariest looking ones. Has nothing to do with how you know functioning uh, in terms of the functioning, how lethal they may be. Has nothing to do with that. It always it always falls on the uh, mean looking bad guy, you know, kind of looking guy. It's fear, but don't forget, it's like we talked about one of our recent podcasts. It's fear, but it's 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 fear that's tied to an emotional event. You take the emotion out of it, and it's a whole different ball game. They're not. They're not thinking. They're, I can tell you right now, folks. If you're listening, and the first time you've tuned into one of our podcasts, I don't got a lot of respect for the liberal government. I don't have a lot of respect for the anti-gunners because, quite frankly, they're an unoriginal bunch. They just go with the scariest thing, the thing they can kind of play uh, with your fears on. And you know what? It, it's it's always a, the last time they banned a gun that didn't even exist. They banned a gun that was in the prototype phase, right? Like they banned a gun that had only ever been seen in like video so, games. So like, somebody they, was thinking of that gun. That kind of sounds familiar now, doesn't it? Oh, they're thinking about a gun, so let's ban it because they had. A, a thought that they didn't agree with. Mm. Don't even get me started on the thought police. <laughs> What's on? Okay, look at the list. On. Look at the list. What's on the list? Uh, you know what? We uh, you, uh, that's not on the list, but it's important enough it to is. talk about. Fair okay, enough. all right. The 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 uh, wholesale. Oh, hold on one second. Just gonna readjust myself here. <sighs> Apparently. The government has decided to weigh in on uh, what's acceptable in social media and on the internet, and and I think I think that for the people out there that are listening or are young enough, uh, you know, for, for the people that maybe just have never been exposed uh, to the history uh, of you know socialism, 
you know, the idea that the government would kind of weigh into what you look at on the Internet and, you know, what's good and what's bad and, and, and who decides, you know, what's hate. Because I'm worried about this government. They're calling everything hate. Anything, yeah. anything that anything well, that opposes their well, uh, view, exactly, yeah. is is labeled hate. And so now this government, right, that is is made it a practice to behave this way, is going to assign a committee comprised of more than half taxpayer dollars again, right? Taxpayers dollars. Yeah, yeah. They'll commit. It'll be another committee that'll cost us a gazillion dollars. They're really milking the public. Like, I mean, I really wish the public knew the way this government was pissing away money on everything, but they'll, they'll create another committee, okay, that will determine what is good and what is bad, and I don't trust this government at the best of times. I don't trust this government to tell us the truth, and I don't trust this government to create a body that is going to, in an impartial way, uh, censor the internet. No, I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious in the three and a half years of their term that they do, I mean, and to an extent, it's kind of like... Uh, I, I guess any government, they, they have an agenda, but their agenda is quite blatant. And if the 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 uh, terminology and the uh, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for, the analysis and keeping an eye on what happens on social media and online does not serve their agenda, they're going to render it or they're going to ban it or render it illegal like that's pretty scary to me yeah like like imagine a world where uh they could issue i, lo I love they're already thinking in advance how, to, how do we make money on this you could tell they're like crazy business guys they're trying to do everything they can to get themselves reelected. they bought the media now they're trying to censor anything contrary online yeah but what i'm saying no no i was about to get into the penalties they, they've actually concocted uh what they're saying is going to be like a system of penalty for for you know warnings like, I mean, okay, so now they're going to, the ticket police, right? The thought police are coming around. And I'm reminded of like Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone and him swearing in front of this little machine that would spit yeah. out a ticket saying, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you've, you've accumulated, you know, five demerit points, right? Well, it's like I commented on, on um, someone's feed the other day. Um, and, and with respect to it's getting close to like you just said the thought police but also the social credit system yeah. I don't know oh, if you're yeah, familiar with yeah. the social credit system yeah. in China that's it's it's pretty scary explain because, it to, explain explain it to me okay so as I understand it essentially it social you you earn credits which translate into privileges um, for example being able to to travel outside of the country was one of the things that I saw. So the way you, you earn these credits is essentially by behaving what the government deems is socially acceptable. But the behavior is a really huge umbrella. So it's it, it, it monitors like jaywalking, it, it, all kinds of stuff, who you hang out with, who you associate with online, all these kind of things. It, it, it's, there was the, I saw an interview with one gentleman, and he could not... He wound up not being able to send his child to uh, one of the universities because of some kind of transgression Oof. against a social credit system oh that my. he did not know about. Okay, so what you're basically telling me is, is there's a monitoring body that is the government that tells you when you're being good and when you're being bad, and they will grant you privileges to perform basic human functioning like travel... Right. If you, even if you haven't done anything wrong, they determine 
Well, they no, but who gets to come and go? They determine it based on what they feel yep. is wrong. So it's also about it's all all about behavioral and social engineering. So they want to socially engineer and behaviorally engineer their society so there's no issues. Now, it doesn't surprise me coming from all the, the China where there's, you know, vast human rights violations yes. that they would attempt it because they've been getting away with human rights violations for years. So, so again, right, uh, I want to remind the public listening to this that Justin Trudeau, our current Liberal Party leader, has expressed a basic appreciation uh, of this kind of system, right? He appreciates, right, the value in dictatorship in any way, shape, or form. Well, of course, look, with respect to Cuba, yep. he was one of three outstanding nations, right? You know, and, and, and for, to have somebody get behind this, like, listen, folks, socialism has always ended historically on a very bad note. And I know, and you know, listen, I'll be, I'll be flat out honest. I expect to be taken off the air. I totally do. For, for saying things just like this, socialism in history has proven to be very damaging to the people in, in, in such a way that ranges all the way from human rights rights violations all the way to mass genocide and the ones that have done things you know like hitler for example he started Not off satan well they they always they always start Pol off pot damn dictators always start by saying that they're doing these things for the people and inevitably it leads us down a road where people get hurt very badly now, now i guess if if People are going to say socialism works. It, it, it can work in its, I guess, and with, with all things being equal, sure, it's going to work because you're not going to have anything that is, is going to take away from that, right? In a utopian society, sure. But, and, and you look at, at countries such as Norway and Sweden, which are socialist economies, mm -hmm. socialist countries. Now, I would say with respect to that, is and I, I can't remember if we mentioned this before on, on a podcast or if this was something I was having uh, a discussion with with a buddy on my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it and he's he's a friend. He wasn't doing it to break balls or anything like that. Okay. He's, and and it's not like he, me, not like you. Not and he raised the issue of those two countries. And I looked up those two countries, and those two countries are small. Oh gosh, one is one seventh the population of yeah. Canada doesn't have the trade that we do, so their their economy is very different to begin with. Their their demographic and the socioeconomics are very different to begin with because they 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 have a way higher standard of living based on a smaller population. The same thing with with I, I'm pretty sure that was Norway. Yep. Uh, and, and then essentially the same thing with Sweden. So if you take a small population with a very non diverse or relatively non diverse population compared to Canada, mm -hmm. uh, you can't just look at it. It, it, you know, what are their immigration policies like? You can't just look at it in isolation. You have to break it down. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, maybe it's working there well uh, for them, but they're not Canada. They don't have the economy. We do. They don't have the social, the, the um, social economics we do. We don't have the demographics we do. They don't have the immigration policies. We, they don't have the import export that we do. So yeah. for, for a huge extent, mm -hmm. uh, to a huge extent, it's apples and oranges. Now, mm -hmm. just one thing that I wanted to, I wanted to build on, with respect to my, my social credit thing. I saw this item on, on, I believe it was YouTube, and it's like, oh, you can't believe we've seen it. But listen, it was an interview uh, of people on the street in England. 
Okay. And I'm pretty sure it was London. They mm-hmm. are installing or have installed facial recognition cameras around England. So a dude was walking down the street. Somebody coming in the opposite direction said, hey, there's facial recognition cameras there. So he covered, pulled a, a shirt or something up to cover half his face. Yeah. He was immediately stopped by the police. Yes. So how, how like, look how fast that system worked. He was issued a ticket because he covered his face. The thing could not recognize him. Therefore, the police came over and demanded to identify him. The dude was just walking down the street. Scary times. Like, that's... that's scary like that's times. not cool. That, that's you know, like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't I'm, know how else to phrase it, but that's, I, that is scary. Well, I, I think I think people have to understand... Um, I think this generation has been softened so terribly by by coddling that they don't recognize the dangers involved. Uh, how slippery slopes work. If if you're listening and you don't quite grasp the concept, if you're on a muddy hill, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're standing at the top and it's a long way down, you don't get too close to the edge uh, because you you may get lucky enough to catch yourself as you start to go, but if you hit a certain point, you will slide down that hill like you're on a slip and slide, and if it's to your death, um, you know, and I'm telling you folks, uh, socialism seems to always end, right? Communism seems to always end. I don't know what this fascination this generation has with communism. Uh, I think, I think they've been sold on the idea that everybody is the same. We're all equal. And you know, that's going to be their mantra. Like, I mean, for all the people out there that, you know, feel, uh, and have been kind of engineered to feel inadequate. And, and I mean, it just seems like we have an entire generation of people that require validation, if they're if they're dying to feel part of something and you know you offer it to them in this very appealing format uh, that is communism I suppose that well this utopian world where everybody is equal uh, it, it can it can be very alluring uh, especially for young minds and and certainly I remember a time when I thought you know hey yeah that's a pretty neat idea what's that one called you know socialism yeah you know what uh, if you look at the history books it'll tell you where it takes us uh, a horrible road when you look at you know the second world war and the atrocities that occurred uh, you know that was that was socialism and you know there always seems to be this abuse of power that's you what know, it winds up turning into. That's what yeah. it's, it's, it places power into the hands of the very few, and you are subject to their whims. And if you dare, you know, stand against them, oppose their view, you're crushed. I look at I look at the way uh, this liberal uh, Justin Trudeau government uh, has handled, you know, the Raybould matter, uh, Wilson matter. You know, like how, you know, she had an opinion clearly that differed from the bosses and, you know, it was made abundantly clear that he's in one of those moods. And, you know, I saw a little clip of Justin Trudeau talking with his wife and of course she had to keep on saying to him again and again, you know, be humble, you know, go from the good place. <laughs> if that doesn't, well, yeah. if, that, if that doesn't, you know what, let me tell you something, folks. I, I dealt with crazy for quite some time mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen people have to be reassured like that. Like, you know, don't, don't let him out. Right? You know, like, I mean, come on. It, it, the guy clearly uh, doesn't care what people think. I'm, I'm looking at Billy Blair, uh, who's his mouthpiece. 
You know, oh, uh, you know, he's up there. He's up there saying we're not excluding any possibilities. You know, they're talking about handgun bans, assault rifle bans, whatever, all altogether bans. There's rumors of you know a secret <clears throat> plan, and you know whether it was true or not. We all know that that's what they want. And of course, Billy Blair is up there and saying, you know, we're willing, we're willing to explore any and all possibility. And I'm, I'm interested in the safety of Canadians. Well, are you interested at all in the freedom of Canadians? Because you're about to take proper without justifiable cause. I mean, if you're going to try and enforce a ban, that that's going to... That was legally. Right? Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah. People went out and spent their hard-earned dollars on it. And now from one day to the next, you're going to change your mind about whether or not you think we should be responsible enough to own them. We've proven that. The statistics prove that. Every day we prove that. And yet you keep telling people that Canada wants it. And I, I keep telling you, you're not going to get a survey anytime on my watch that's not going to get totally smashed. I got to talk about CTV. I want to talk. No, no. I want to talk about CTV. CTV News, right? Put up a poll. I will. I will state only facts. CTV News put up a poll saying, you know, should we should we do a handgun ban? And it was up uh, for only for only a few hours. Okay, we found out about it. Uh, the tides turned very quickly, and the numbers were somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, four thousand votes. And it was something like 70, 74, you know, to twenty six. And they pulled it, and they put up a Game of Thrones question instead. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to call CTV News out right now. You change that poll, and I'm going to accuse you, and right now, of wanting your piece of the six hundred million dollar media bailout money because you know what the bosses are looking for an answer they want something to support their data canadians want this billy blair is up there bold-faced lying to the public of canada saying canada wants this when it is totally not true all the evidence points to the contrary i have personally seen no less than a couple of dozen surveys that have ended terribly and it didn't matter how many times you changed the question it didn't matter how many times you pulled it up pulled it down and put it back up again and or you reoriented the questions and made them vague and ambiguous tried to split the vote you lost every single time and we're not going to give you a survey that says anything less Right, that is reality. People want their guns, and we we don't want we don't think that there's any point in banning guns. It's not going to make us any safer, right? So if you're going to keep feeding the public that lie, knock it off. Oh yeah, I was going I was going to say the same thing. That there, how many polls has there been in in the last year that were up for <laughs> hours or a couple of days and they got yanked because, you know, I mean it's random. So the it, 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 the because the numbers are so lopsided uh, one way. Um, and then it comes down again. But, you know, everybody's got the screenshots. Everybody saw it. So we know it's it's. It, I oh, mean, I it's, it's pretty it obvious when it. Yeah, I posted it today. Yeah, I'm calling them out. <laughs> but it makes it even more obvious when they pull it down. It's like, oh, geez, it's not going our way again. Yank it. Right. Well, then, yeah, then, the, then, then the, Billy Blair, Mr. I've, I've handed in. He's cashed in his, his man card, obviously. And. You know, Trudeau's holding the man card, obviously, so... What man card? Well... People card. Like, He's got a pe- people card. <laughs> Whatever. Right? I'm still... And I'm singing the national anthem, All Thine Sons Command. That's the way it is. That's, that's the, the way, way it's supposed to be. The only way I'm, right? I'm singing it. That's my patriotic CGV moment for the night. I'll sing it the way I want to. Yeah, and, right? and conservative government, please change it back. <sighs> please. Like, and, and you know what? Uh, I, I got to say it, though, before I forget... Oh, I gotta have a little more yeah, coffee. You need here. Coffee, yeah, you've been more reaching coffee. for it. Mm. They had to pull it, and I'll tell you why. Because not only will you not get any part of the bailout money, right, for this one, 
if you leave that thing up and it runs it runs contrary to what we want it to be, right? We'll make sure you don't get the next three that come your yeah. way, right? Yeah. I'm willing to bet there's a little lottery rolling around and the media is taking uh, turns collecting taxpayers' dollars. I would like to know how that's being spent, if it's being spent yet, who it's going to, and and I would like to know the timing so we can take a look at the articles to see if they correlate, right? I'd like to know if, like, $12 million have, manages to find its way to global news or uh, CTV before an article goes out that is clearly, right, pro their narrative. I wonder if there's a way that we can figure that out. Like, is that something that we would have to go to our MP about? Gotta be, there's going to be a trail of it. I'm telling you right now, liberal government, if we throw you out of office and have a supermajority, we're going to investigate every last bit of your shit. Well, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting little tactic they have here, right? By the media, and then uh, so you get the articles favoring you that you want, and then censor and uh, anything online can you can you tell I'm feeling a little bit like my old self <laughs> right I you know I, I know all you people out there know me as this happy-go-lucky guy that you see at the range but I could tell you I was a cop for 20 years in the harshest of environments East Hamilton man. right <laughs> right I love I love being a police officer in the roughest city right in the province I loved working in the hammer right I did it I asked for the absolute worst beats I wanted the roughest ones I I worked I volunteered I don't know for how many New Year's Eve because I loved it. I thought it was... I that was a busy was, night, I'm sure. Uh, oh, are you kidding me? I'd break up three fights going to a fight. Yeah. Right? I had to clear up more messes on the side of the road. Hamilton is just this wonderful place filled with blue-collar people that when they cut loose, look out. Yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. You know what? I was born and raised in that, so I like a good fight. And if I ever sound like I'm out of control, I'm not. But I can tell you right now, I'm going to call this government out on everything that they're doing wrong. I just I think that it's fantastic that we're going to have this wonderful paper trail. I have visions of the liberal government burning hard drives, right, when they lose the election. It's already been done. Kathleen Wynne did that. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, she burned her hard yeah. drives? Yeah, there was something. Oh, there my God. There was a God. hard drive scandal when she really? was. Really? Yeah, in her, in her last term, I believe, yeah. Oh, yeah. And somebody went to jail over it. Oh, it, somebody know. would have to take the fall, but don't worry. I bet they're compensated well. Well, yeah. All right, when, take one for the team. You know, with all the money the that seems to be pouring into the Trudeau government from all kinds of sources, I mean, like, you know what? I, I saw a little chart that showed, you know, the flow of foreign funds towards the, uh, you know, liberal government post-2015. Uh, they jumped substantially. And I can tell you that the idea that, the very idea that anyone from this government would sell us off to a regime known to abuse its people while you're trying to take our guns when all evidence points to the contrary of the narrative that you're throwing out to the masses, right? It all looks pretty suspect to an ex-cop of 20 years. Now, I'm wondering, if now, are these from foreign governments, these contributions? Oh, yeah. Or are they from foreign, just foreign private foreign people. Well, I, you know what? I'd, I'd be interested to know that. I mean, is it coming in from corporations? Or is, is it, it coming, coming from a, a foreign government through well, a private e donation? Well, e well, you know what? That's a globalist government government and wants to drive a globalist agenda. Hey, you know what? These these uh, things, these are things that we should know the answers to, but I mean, like, we got a government that, you know, he went to his buddy's house, he says was a longtime friend, Aga Khan. Oh, yeah. I mean, our prime minister is the first prime minister in history to break the law while he's a prime minister 
couple times, wasn't it? This government has spent more time in the Ethics Commission's office than any other. And and I got from Bob Bertina, that's what we do. We're liberals, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, so there's this um, uh, unsettling comfort with the idea of uh, behaving in a fashion that would drive you into an ethics commission review. They're comfortable with it. Uh, we've proven time and again that Justin Trudeau has lied uh, publicly. And when put, uh, you know, when he's put the task on this, like when he got asked about the Jody Wilson rebel, oh no, everything's fine. She, she, hey, if things were, if things went wrong, why would she be a member of my cabinet still? I'm, I'm resigning. Oh, you bitch. All right. So now we, they, they, they gag her. And then this, this prime minister who claims to be the super feminist of all feminists. I, I defy you to be more of a feminist than I, I, when Whoa. I heard that in parliament ses- session, I lost my mind. Uh, there, Justin Trudeau He's was a up captain there. of virtue signaling <laughs> this guy. He was, he was up there and like a child when he was challenged, he said, oh yeah, you can't possibly be <laughs> more feminist than I am. But like he's up there, right, proclaiming to be the feminist to end all feminists. Meanwhile, right, one of his top dogs has turned on him. And what does he do? He gags her by saying it's 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 privileged information. You're not allowed to talk about it. He engages in a smear campaign. Right, trying to malign this poor woman who is guilty of nothing more than standing up for herself. Well, taking a few days off here and there from question period because you didn't want to face the face oh. the fire. Oh, every time Justin Trudeau <laughs> finds himself in hot water, every time another like disaster pops up, he takes a family vacation and jets off to some island. Yep. Or goes to Florida, you know, wherever. You know, he's out there. Let's let's head to Tofino this weekend. I feel like surfing. I need to relax. You know what? Yeah, because I've screwed up again for the hundredth time actually i take it back he no one is that stupid it's got to be intentional oh clearly nobody's that dumb clearly and believe me folks he's no rocket scientist but i still don't think he's that dumb no so he really knows how to play the game yeah yeah so you know what that's uh, you know that's that's one of the things i want i want to talk to you before you see we got to keep this light because you know what i want to have some fun with this too folks it's important you get all the information it's not always going to be pretty and i apologize for that but uh we did something the other day that i think people should actually know about because it was a lot of fun uh certainly it wasn't my first time but uh, coach dick the first time you had done a redneck sunday it was awesome you know like yeah i mean it was the first time i've ever had the opportunity to shoot on private land and we had a fantastic host we were approximately an hour from where we we are located and literally out in the middle of nowhere behind yeah. a, you know an abandoned yeah. farmhouse that's been broken down uh and we were hundreds of yards from from the road or for from any type of house literally in the middle of nowhere oh uh, yeah it was family-owned property uh surrounded behind, by family surrounded, owned property, yeah, on both properties. sides and behind us as well and they had we had that little shooting range set up set up there and it was just it was At an outstanding great time. great backstops yeah uh you know what like lots of room for error and it's like you know what we're not gonna make any mistakes i could tell i was out there with seasoned professionals we got out there we laid out the gear and we started blasting i like i mean that what was it like for you Oh, it was fantastic. You I, just not have to worry about this or that because everybody's practicing safe procedures. Yeah. Number oh yeah. one, right? Like oh, yeah. So, but, sort but, of. <laughs> well, no, we were. We were. But, the, it, it, I mean, we had to drive in. Yeah. It was a little soft, so we were yeah. kind of limited about, in terms of how far we could take the vehicles in. But uh, according to the, to, to the landowner, once that 
dries up a little bit, we're going to have, we could do some serious long range shooting. Oh, yeah. We've got, we've got a good, at, at that one spot, leg room, good five, baby. six, seven hundred yards, straight room. line shot. Leg room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm really looking for, I, you know who I'm going to get, you know who I'm going to get out? A rush. I gotta get out my boy Rush. You haven't met my boy. No, All right, well, I have no, not. Oh, you're gonna like him. He, you know what? He, uh, I haven't seen him behind the wheel uh, in some time, but uh, he's quite the long range shooter. I got a couple of buddies. I'm looking to get out. Uh, Shane. I'm getting my buddy Shane out. Oh, yeah. If you're listening, Shane, I'm dragging your ass out. We're going to get you out there as soon as possible because we got some leg room. But let's let's go back. Yep. Let's go back. Like, I mean, it was too mushy that day, and we couldn't really do that. But we we ended up, you know, going to the space, and everything was set up and ready to go. And what was your first take like when you, when you showed up? I mean, outside of the fact that, you know, we had to kind of... You know, rove through the the marsh, and we were concerned about getting stuck. Beyond that, once we got once we got to yep. the spot and we laid down the stuff and we started opening up, what was your first thought of the experience? This is the way it should be. Yeah, it's <laughs> privately owned land. We're 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 not in. We were not even uh, 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 scintilla. Uh, it, it, it close to being harming anybody. Yeah, we took. You know, there, there was. Massive safety precautions t- taken, and there was land like the hundreds and hundreds of acres. Yeah, hundreds of acres. You know, and and we were we had our backs to the roadway, so we weren't shooting towards the roadway to, towards houses uh-huh. or anything like that. But it was just it, it was outstanding, and, and with the exception of you know uh, restricteds, obviously abiding yeah. by the law. Yeah, uh, we could use our shotguns, we could use rifles, yep. uh, we could use twenty twos. And you know, have a, have a blast for yeah. pardon the pun. Well, you know, like I, I, I quickly see. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time, and it's been a while. Uh, I gotta admit, I haven't shot fast uh, in quite some time. I haven't shot at nothing at quite in quite some time. I, I haven't had that kind of fun. You know, uh, just watching what happens when a shotgun blast hits the water, and when I saw you or with the that, grass. Ma- yeah, or the grass, like you know what, like I, like yeah, exactly. So so for those of you that may have missed it on our Instagram page. Um, you know, I, we had this kind of portion of, you know, Coach Nick uh, cutting the lawn and <laughs> going fishing during Redneck Sundays. Uh, he broke out this uh, Laser Arms X uh, XO12, which was like super exciting. I, I like I, this thing has got like two 12-inch over and under barrels, and it has a full stock. It's this gorgeous gun, and of course he pulls it out. He loads it up with some heavy loads and starts to proceed to uh, cut down the tall grass. And what that wasn't that funny to watch. I, it's like, called the chubby. Yeah, the chubby. You know, you I have to <laughs> reference it as the chubby. <laughs> the Laser Arms XO12, uh, aptly nicknamed the chubby, by Coach Nick, uh, started to cut down the lawn as fast as he could load that thing. At one point, uh, what would you think of that gun? Oh, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it, it's fun. Yeah, it, and, and you know what? That was a great setting for it too. Yeah, oh yeah, like, that you was know a great setting for it. Yeah, and and it, it comes with chokes. Uh, we've we've certainly smashed some things on the uh, the skeet fields with it. I don't know that it'll be your best trap gun. I, I, don't, I wouldn't recommend people uh, attempt that. But but for a skeet for a skeet piece, it actually worked quite well. Uh, you know, we enjoyed it. Uh, moving moving along to some of the other guns that we got a chance to uh, shoot that day, there was a, a Dyra. Uh, that F12. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a chance to shoot that fast. And that, that for me was kind of funny because I, I, you know, I've certainly spent a lot of time now with the F12s. Uh, it's, it's come full circle. I started off, I, a buddy of mine, Marty, had given me access to his, um, 
uh, Mark 12 uh, shotgun. And and so I had, I had an opportunity to take this thing out and to shoot it extensively. And it worked really well. And I, I enjoyed it. It was a great gun. I, I got my hands on the F12 and it was a completely uh, you know different animal to me because of the, the surface controls. And one of the things I was always missing on the Dara was the um, the paddle style bolt release on the one side. And, and I thought, you know, I just like it's a personal thing. I actually like these ones better. I like the F12 Typhoons. And I'm really excited about something that's been coming. I understand from Turkey. Uh, I, I do believe that uh, if we should be seeing it any time now, I just I don't want to give too much away. But but anyway, so I'm out there with this. Um, Mark 12. Uh, and, and so I'm for the first time in quite some time, I decided that I was going to shoot it fast. And, and, and that's something I don't do much of anymore. And for me, you know, I find a lot more relaxation in, in bullseye shooting and, you know, taking my time and, and shooting accurately at greater distances. And I mean, that's something that I, I find therapeutic value in, uh, you know, but, but, for other people, you know, it's shooting fast. I totally get it. I, I was that way for many years. I'd forgotten how much fun it could be. So I, I start laying down, you know, a couple of magazines and I was surprised, uh, genuinely surprised how fast that thing fired. And, you know, so, I mean, those, those AR-15 style shotguns have just come so far in the, in the last, you know, few years. Uh, Very popular right now. Too. Oh yeah. Very popular. Right yeah. Now. You know what? I, I think, I think that anybody, um, you know, that has not uh, experienced these types of guns, uh, they can be a lot of fun. And, and certainly they can be multi-purpose. Uh, I was genuinely surprised. You know, I took I took it out to the uh, trap range and I was able to crush, you know, 48 out of 50 birds with it. You know, just just use the correct choke. Uh, it was versatile. I, w- I would actually see myself hunting, you know, with one of these AR style platforms. Like, I mean, if there was ever a firearm that served a multitude, uh, uh, you know, or could serve in a multitude of different roles, uh, competition, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen that in trained hands. Uh, I'm really excited to see one get back into the hands of uh, Two Eye Practical. My buddy Mark, uh, you know, it's really important that I see him uh, running one of those. I, like, I'm excited to get behind the wheel uh, myself again, but uh, I want to see it in the hands of somebody that actually knows what they're doing. That, that, and our operator. Um, I want to start to see exactly uh, how fast they can move with one of those things. I haven't seen like an AR style shotgun in his hands yet, but I'm kind of excited about that. Well, you know what that that. That spot that we were at recently, that that outdoor um, area, that that was a perfect. You could set up oh, a yeah. nice little running gun course. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice little running. Yeah, like, we'll have to clear great. more. We'll have to clear more trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We will. How long did it take us to do that one? We were using we were using birdshot. I and technically it was, was birdshot, and, and technically they weren't trees. Those those that's shrubbery, and we're just removing it. And so any of those tree huggers out there that want to get down on a us, giant weed. Really. Yeah, I hesitated to put that one up on the internet. I, like I've, I've kind of looked at it several times. It, it's basically a video of uh, four. Of us lined up and and shooting at this one you know small piece giant of shrubbery, shrubbery yeah and this giant volley and I mean we just cut it down almost instantly and I'm thinking yeah we could probably clear some forest pretty fast if we needed to and, and I mean like how did you enjoy being part of like that kind of action yeah that was pretty cool hey like it's just yeah, like, that was pretty cool yeah shooting firearms can be a lot of fun uh, there's so many people out there that enjoy it these days more people that enjoy hockey yeah you know like, they participated I, mean, I was I was actually quite shocked when I heard that stat a while ago is that there's more ah. people that, that engage in or firearms owners or whatever that what I, I forget exactly what the terminology was than than hockey in Canada I was like holy smokes does that surprise you really it did really yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it, did. it shouldn't though because you know what how much fun are you having 
Well, I'm having a blast. And you're not the last guy on earth that's going to discover this. Now, now, one thing that did come up yesterday that kind of crossed my mind, and, and it kind of mentioned to you real quick, was that that comparison between the the Ruger Mini 14, yeah, and an AR. Oh yeah, I know, absolutely. Yeah, we got to talk about this. So uh, basically. I don't know, 25 years ago or so, uh, we had a number of high-profile shootings. Uh, Vivi Lamonis got shot at Just Desserts. Uh, she suffered a, a shotgun blast in the in the chest. And, of course, you know, there was a, a big uproar about that. And uh, then there was the Mark Lapine shooting. Mm. And, and, of course, he used a uh, Mini-14. And and that that particular gun chambered in two two three right chambered in two two three and that particular gun for all for all the guns that they banned in the nineties was left off the list and people and people have come to me saying no that can't be right like and it's like no 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 like that's it's the one that started it all is the only one that wasn't on this list and I mean for those of you out there that say oh you shouldn't say anything about that like we're well past that point like I mean if you think I'm drawing attention to the mini fourteen now they've known about it for years and that's the point of this discussion. Why, the reason why they didn't take them? No, it wasn't. It wasn't the reason why they didn't, they didn't take them. It's, it, it, the reason why, because that Mini 14 is a semi-automatic, and AR 14 is is a semi-automatic. Why can I? Why can we use the Mini 14 mm-hmm. where we did and not the AR? Well, you know, once it's, a, a, it's a, it, essentially it's the same. We use the same ammunition. Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's, it's semi-automatic. It, it, it functions, one's restricted, one's not. It, it functions. It functions the same, and and that's something that you know I, I'm going to make this clear to the people that don't perhaps understand as much about firearms. Uh, what he's referring to is his two rifles. Uh, they both shoot one round at a time. Are limited to five rounds. They have the same muzzle velocity. They're the same gun. They function the same way. And yet one is allowed and one is not. Allowed on private land. Allowed on private land and and one is not. And one is only permitted at the range. And I guess the thinking behind that is, is that the gun could be modified so that it would go potentially fully automatic. It would require... um, uh, in-depth knowledge of machining equipment and certainly the ability to operate said machining equipment yep. skill set but I mean ultimately if you can break the law to the point where you're going to modify a firearm that the government knows about uh, something that can get you into a lot of trouble uh, that you're going to modify that when in fact if you have the technical knowledge to uh, modify that part you would also have the technical knowledge to modify the entire gun right that whole part that is registered to the government right they, they only know about it because it's registered it, it it doesn't make any sense if you have the ability to modify a, a commercially available gun that has been legally purchased purchased and owned legally and everybody knows who has it if you've been uh, authorized to be in possession of that item like i mean if you're going to go outside the confines of the law and you're going to modify that firearm if you have the knowledge and the ability to modify that firearm why would you connect yourself to anything that the government knows about you would go out and you would make your own well you don't it's not only that you would go outside the confines of law but like you said you would a have to have that skill set be willing to go with the confines of law and then uh c have the the equipment to be able to do so did you skip me i think i think you I, skipped me. well yeah. i just didn't say it i figured the people you know the <laughs> listeners are intelligent enough they could follow along there right not hey, a, they didn't all go to it, cathedral it, let listen, me finish my it, point it, let it, me finish my it point wouldn't be a ball, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a podcast without some ball breaking go it, ahead. Would, it wouldn't but so when you when you put those three things together that you that's a very small number of people that's oh, it and, oh. and 
infinitesimally nope. small number of people that are going to be willing to do that or that have the wherewithal to be able to do that. Yeah, well, you know what? Certainly, uh, I guess the concern would be that organized crime, uh, you know, would potentially do it. But again, you know, if they're criminals, so it doesn't matter. That's it, off the table. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what? Why would you register these to the government? Like, I mean, why as a why criminal you, as a criminal? Like, you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. I mean, it comes right back to the amnesty. Like, I mean, you know, like, folks, if you if you understand how it works, you don't turn in a gun to police and not get your information written down on a piece of paper. Like, they don't just throw the gun into, like, a melting pot and never, you know, uh, take a look at it again. Like, all the guns are fired and they, you know, take samples, uh, you know, for ballistics and forensics takes takes examples. And, and they determine whether or not the gun's been used in a crime. And so every gun that gets turned in uh, is subjected to this process and everything is documented. So, you know, uh, for a criminal to turn in a crime gun would be tantamount to a sentence, uh, you know, like in itself. Why would they do that? They, they won't. Uh, they, that's the simple answer to the question. They don't. So those, those illegal, illegally obtained or illegally used guns are going to remain on the street. But, you know, I, I, I always prided myself on being able to think like a criminal. And I can tell you right now that if I had a gun, I'd have two thoughts running through my head. One, do I need $350 or can I, I can sell this on the street for 3000 Okay, so that's one, right? Because uh, the prices of guns are going up because they're doing their best to, to restrict the flow coming up from the border. But the truth is, is that they are hamstrung by, you know, poorly resourced, you know, parts of the government. Uh, we really need to, like, bolster what's going on at the borders. Like, I feel for the staff there. Uh, at Border they're Patrol. Do, they're doing what they can do, though. They're doing, you know, what, they, right? they're, they're like, doing what they can do. Uh, you know, definitely we should be pouring a lot more resources into that. Well, Bill Blair, isn't he, he responsible for some sort of public safety? Oh, and he's that got, kind of thing? yeah, so, he's he at Border Services and Public Safety, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm glad Bill's on it. I, I trust I trust Bill about as much as I can. <laughs> you know what? Like, I mean, he, when he sits there and he says, uh, you know, we're willing to look at all possibilities. I got to tell you, in my 20 years of policing, I, I was able to kind of look at his body language and watch him talk and listen to what he said and the intonation in his voice. And you can tell it's coming. It's coming. They're going to do it, folks. They're, they're contemplating now what will get them more votes, uh, a wedge issue or the big fight, as gun owners say, they're not going to give in to these kinds of unreasonable demands. Well, you know, if, if it comes to pass in early June, mm -hmm. and that's the case, they've got three months to get all that confiscation. You, you know what I think? the next election. You know, what, you know what I think? I think that this government's M.O. is Ballless. They do things and then run. Uh, they get caught and then they run. Like my, a little th kid. my thinking is, is that they're going to go for it, right? Right before they call it quits for the summer and they're going to let the chips fall where they may. And this is, this is a strong message I want to send out to everybody listening that's in law enforcement. Uh, don't let them put you in a position where you might get somebody hurt. That's that's going to be an issue, I think, for this for this government. I think that the uh, law enforcement services are, are going to rise up. Uh, I could tell that the Toronto Police Association spoke up. They saw no merit in a handgun ban. So are they now going to go around door to door? Right? Are they going to knock on people's doors and say, hmm, we understand you have an item. Right, we'd like to uh, suggest you turn it in. They already know where the handguns are. There is, there is, and for the people that have just tuned in, you know, if you own a handgun legally in Canada, they know where they all are. Or just anything restricted. If they decide to do an orders in council and just ban guns and leave local police services, the provincial police services, right, and the RCMP to hold the bag and try and collect said items, you might have a problem.
I would like to think that they're going to have the problem. They haven't got the manpower to do that before well, the election. You know, I, I, I truly believe that they're going to try and make examples out of some people. With that, everything, with everything else, they have to, you know, uh, partake in, in in the day to day common knowledge of, of their job. Like, there's no way. Like, they're not going to have time to do that. They're under no. they're understaffed as it is now. Yeah. Yeah, and Un- under resourced. Stra- you know what? Stressed out, underpaid, right? overworked. Right? There's, there's absolutely no way you should be letting this government give you any instruction. If they tell you to recover items, legally owned property, right, from Canadian citizens, they're asking you, right, to take things from people that are theirs. To do their dirty work, yeah. right? Like it's, yeah. it's it's cliche, but it is what it is. Well, you know, if you talk to podcast Brian, he said that is the that is the hallmark of socialism. You tell a guy with a gun to do something that you won't do yourself. That you won't, or, or you're scared to do yourself, or, or you're for whatever scared reason, to do yourself. Right, and that would be that would be the worst sin of our police services is well, to give in to unreasonable demands. Well, look how quickly Venezuela's. Oh, decomposed is probably a good word. They're they're at the point now where I'm sure nobody a lot wants of listeners have seen it. They're they're running over their own people with tanks well, or vehicles or yeah. whatever it was. You know, and and if people understand the, uh, the you know the gradual decline uh, of socialism, it starts with you know, and certainly I think it was 2009 when they banned guns in Venezuela. I was looking as you were talking earlier. I was, I was trying to find that. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't find and, it. And there's there's this gradual progression or descent, I should say, into like the next ring of hell, as yeah. you know, people are so desperate for food that they're willing to eat their pets, right? Like, folks, uh, these policies being instituted by governments like these always end this way. People, right, end up suffering. The economies collapse. Not just people, the 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 commoners. Yeah. It's always the commoners who wind up paying, figuratively, literally, for for things or suffering. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a layer at the Not top. The policymakers. That, there's a layer at the top that control everything, and they break all the rules that you know you can't. And and in in things as simple as lecturing the Canadian public. This drives me crazy. I can almost. I'm trying to get this out. Lecturing Canadians about things like carbon footprint. Well, you jet around on a private jet that spews more emissions into the atmosphere than a family does over the course of an entire year. And not only do you, you not only do you do it once in a while, you do it whenever things get hot. All right, you jump in that plane. You lecture Canadians about the way they're impacting the environment while you jet around on a jet. This is socialism. So right at the top, you've got this cream of the crop, do whatever the hell they want. And that's the liberal government that we have currently. They're already there. Right? They want to control the media. Right? God knows, God knows they've got the they media. They want to control morality. They want to control morality now. Right? Like or their this, version or their definition well, of morality. It's starting to get out of hand. But anyway, if you look at Venezuela, I, I, I always remember very clearly this this image in my mind of uh, people eating at a fine restaurant while they look down through these floor-to-ceiling glass windows at a crowd of people, you know, uh, eating itself alive out there. And, you know, I, 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 I'm sure it didn't happen, but I have visions of like this big fat guy with a mustache biting into like a, a piece of turkey leg and throwing it away after one bite while these people down on the streets are starving. And, and worse still, not only have they instituted these policies, but now foreign aid that could be coming in in the form of food is being stopped by the government. 
It's being stopped. They won't even let their own people be fed by other countries that are feeling generous. And I mean, I see pictures and videos of trucks burning in the street. These people are starving and they won't allow food in. And you think that this kind of government's cool? Like, it's, it's gotten to the point where they've opened fire on their citizens who don't have the ability to fire back. And for our American listeners, we totally get while you while you have the Second Amendment, right to go to go back up your first, right. We Canadians don't have that luxury. And why are, why can't they fire back in Venezuela? Because they were disarmed years ago as part of the plan. A decade a decade earlier, they yep. were relieved of all their guns. And I mean, when you look at what this government's doing, I mean, and there's no evidence to suggest that it's logical at all. You've got. Toronto's former top cop, you know, who's been put there as a figurehead of, you know, credibility. And we trust this man kind of, he's the police. You know, I see that stern look on his face. He's putting on a great show, but even he knows it's a total sham. Right, selling out your country, Bill. Seriously, yeah, he's getting paid. That's all. That's it is. the way you want to be remembered. Come on, man. He's just getting paid to take the heat. Uh, once upon a time, you were a cop. I'm sure you did it for the right reasons. But Bill, please, dear God, please, knock it off already. It looks horrible. Yeah. You know, grow yeah. a set and tell the boss he's wrong. It's Change your mind. Whatever he promised you, right? It ain't worth it. Honestly. It leaves me frustrated. As a former police officer, a decorated former police officer, I can tell you nothing shames me more than to see a cop with no integrity. How do you want to be remembered, Bill? No kidding. No kidding. Anyway. All right. All right. We got, we got a little now. We're going to bring it back to a little bit of lighter material. But you know what? You've been, you've been, you've been chancing on this idea for a while. I suggested it once or twice. Okay. So I, you know so, what? Let's, let's put it to effect. This, okay, is, this, so, is, this is one of your ideas. I think you know, I think it's totally a great idea. I do. I totally wanted to get back to this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. So but, our, don't let me ruin it for you. No. So with respect to Redneck <laughs> red ne- red Sunday, is Redneck that going to be a thing now? Is that yeah, going to continue oh, yeah. on? Are you, well, I'm not going to say. It's, certainly, it's not going to be every Sunday and certainly won't be at the same place. No, but it's they're going to have be, to work to find us. It, they'll have to work to find, <laughs> but it's not going to be a one-off. No, 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 no. We, we, you know what? There, there will be more redneck Sundays, and I'm hoping to invite people from uh, all corners of Canada. That would be great. Yeah. So, in, in the spirit of Redneck Sunday, I have something that was used Ooh. during the course of Redneck Sunday yesterday. And I'm wondering if anybody who sees the video can I guess. Like, I like that. Can, okay, I'm not. I'm going, can I, guess. I'm not dropping any hints. Which which of the items uh, this sounds like? I mean, look. Did you figure out how to? Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. One more job. All right. So now respond in the comments if you think you know. From watching the video, and that's all I'm going to say is it appeared in one of the videos that's been posted. So they have to identify the firearm. What firearm is that? What firearm is it? And they have to put it in the comment section. They have to put it in the comment section. That's a good idea. Put it in the comment where section. Where did that come from? That's like brilliance. Where did it, 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 it come from? That's brilliance. <laughs> you know what? It's, you know what? I, I love the the comments. I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, folks, if you if you're listening, you know, uh, people are always asking me all the time how to make their uh, Instagram grow. Obviously, when you make comments in the comment section, it stimulates some kind of algorithm and it pushes us out to a larger audience. I, I, for me, I don't care about the likes, but I love it when people share what it is that we do. So if you're out there and you're listening. And you 
really want to help us, uh, you can always buy the merchandise. That's always nice, and I love seeing it out there. It really makes me proud to be a Canadian. But if you want to help us, share the material that we have uh, online, on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, and certainly our podcast. Don't just don't just share the share the material material. Share the message. Yeah, yeah, right? please. Well, just as importantly, share the message. Oh, you know what? That's about all the time I have tonight, folks. Uh, you know, sorry to cut you short, Coat Nick, but I definitely, no, it's all good, huh? I definitely am going to need a cup of coffee. It's been a long I'm, day. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be at this again oh. pretty soon. All right. Well, it's always great having you here. Thanks for listening, folks. We hope you've enjoyed it. And as always, Canada, have a happy Victoria weekend. Shoot straight and stay safe. <laughs>